Blog Talk Radio. Okay, we've reached the falling away, the falling away. Our text is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come, unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, two points before we get on to defining the word. The text tells us, let no one deceive you. This is important. Uh, This is an important topic for us to be discussing right now, the falling away. Jesus, in the Olivet Discourse, three times he spoke about this issue of deception as related to false teachers. Um, It's important for us to be in the Word and studying and understanding what the words mean and going through all of scriptures and seeing the patterns emerge that we might not be deceived. The Lord warned us about this. Okay, and then the second point is keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid. As we study through this text, uh, what I mean is this. The text says that day, meaning the day of Christ, will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed. There's so much discussion about this text and how uh, these words are to be arranged, and, and, and it, if you've studied the topic, you know there's, it gets quite confusing. Let's keep it simple, stupid. And keeping it simple, stupid, we just say, <laughs> the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed before the day of Christ. Okay, the falling away. It's Strong's number G646. Our Greek word is apostasia. It's, it has two parts to it, apo, meaning from, and histemi, meaning to stand. So it literally means to stand away from, and some even have interpreted it as a defection. Now we're going to get deeper into the word and try to fill it out and and understand what it means. But this particular word only appears twice in the New Testament. It's here in Second Thessalonians and also over in Acts 21. So let's take a look at that because that's obviously an important section for us to look at. And when we had come to Jerusalem, this is Paul and, and the, the brethren, the brethren received us gladly. And on the following day, Paul, Luke is writing this, Paul went in with us 
to James and all the elders were present. And when he had greeted them, he told in detail those things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified the Lord, and they said to him, You see, brother, how many myriads of Jews there are who have believed, and they are all zealous for the law. But they have been informed about you that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses. Forsake, that's our word right there. To, to forsake Moses, to depart from Moses, to stand away from Moses. That's our word, apostasia saying that they ought not to circumcise their children to, nor walk according to the customs. So, you know, the, the, uh, the uproar here was that they were, you know, they were saying, hey, turn away from following the law of Moses. Now, I, I want to, I mentioned before about being it simple stupid. And I want to mention something right here. Um, and it's going to lead us along in our study. There are some who actually believe that the the apostasia or the falling away is the rapture. And uh, let me just read something. I won't mention the man's name. It's not necessary. But it, 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 he says this. The fact that apostasia most likely has the meaning of physical departure is a clear support for pre-tribulationalism. If this is true, and I believe it, it is, then it means that a clear prophetic sequence, the writer believes it is, that then I, it means that a clear prophetic sequence is laid out by Paul early in his apostolic ministry. Paul teaches in 2 Thessalonians 2 that the rapture will occur, occur first before the day of the Lord commences. It is not until after the beginning of the day of the Lord that the Antichrist is released, resulting in the events described by him in chapter 2 of Second Thessalonians. This is the only interpretation that provides hope for a discomforted people. Now, uh, I don't know. I don't understand the argument, to be honest, because the, the text, if we go back to chapter 1, is concerning the coming of the Lord and our gathering together to him, which most would say is the rapture. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't understand it because it would, it would seem that they are arguing that this passage is, is saying basically, you know, concerning the rapture, concerning the coming of the Lord and our gathering. So concerning the rapture, the rapture will not happen until the rapture happens. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I don't, I don't understand that. Um, but put that to the side. Um, their emphasis, though, is that the the meaning of apostasia, the the main meaning, is physical departure, and and they, they just treat it that that it's it's all about a physical departure. So, but but there is so more to the word as we're going to see. Now, it, this all reminds me about what we've studied already in Hebrews 10. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking. Now, it's a different word here, but it's the same concept. Not forsaking the assembling, the gathering together 
of ourselves, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So you could see the, the you know, the common elements here. And notice what it says next. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth and this is something we're going to see in second thessalonians as we work our way through there's an issue of willful sin and turning away from the truth and loving unrighteousness not loving the truth taking pleasure in unrighteousness but look what it says there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. So they've turned away from that which will save them. So th this, is, this is an important thing here. We're going to see it's not just about a spatial departure. There's, a, there's certain characteristics that go along with the falling away, and I, I think that's going to become very clear as we look at the words. Now, some would translate it as rebellion. So if we take this Greek word, apostasia, and we uh, search through the Old Testament, the Septuagint version, uh, or, or the Septuagint, which is the Greek version of the Old Testament, we land on some verses here. And I want to want to read a few. Jeremiah 2.19, I'm going to begin at verse 18. And now, what hast thou to do with the way of Egypt, to drink the water of Gion? And what hast thou to do with the way of the Assyrians to drink the water of rivers? Thine apostasy shall correct thee, and thy wickedness shall reprove thee. Know then and see that thy forsaking me has been bitter to thee, saith the Lord thy God. And I have taken no pleasure in thee, saith the Lord thy God. For of old thou hast broken thy yoke and plucked asunder thy bands, and thou hast said, I will not serve thee but will go upon every high hill and under every shady tree. There I will indulge in my fornication. So you could see there's much more than just a spatial departure. This is a rebellion against God. And then over in Second Chronicles 29.19, speaking of the sin of Ahaz, and they, we'll start at verse 18, and they went in to King Hezekiah and said, We have purified all the things in the house of the Lord, the altar of the whole burnt offering and its vessels, and the table of showbread and its vessels, and all the vessels which King Ahaz polluted in his reign, in his apostasy we have prepared and purified, behold, they are before the altar of the Lord." And then we have Joshua 22:22, and it says, God, even God is the Lord, and God, even God himself knows, and Israel he shall know, if we have transgressed before the Lord by apostasy, let him not deliver us this day. Now this, again, I'm reading from the Breton translation of the Septuagint, so it's an English translation of the the Greek Old Testament. Let me, just as we finish up here, let me just read a little bit more from Joshua 22. I'm going to read it from the, the New King James Version, and, and this was when uh, two and a half of the tribes were going back uh, uh, eastward over the Jordan for their inheritance. And, and what happened as they went back, they built an altar. 
And uh, the remaining tribes, those on the west, they saw this as treachery. Verse 16 of Joshua 22 says, Thus says the whole congregation of the Lord, What treachery is this that you have committed against the God of Israel to turn away this day from following the Lord in that you have built for yourselves an altar that you might rebel this day against the Lord, and the text goes on. I, I would encourage you to read it, because that whole thing is about rebellion. It's about rebellion. And now that wasn't what was going on, and they were able to make peace, but this setting up of another altar was interpreted as an apostasy, a rebellion against the Lord. And so that's just a little bit uh, kind of get us going here about the, the falling away and the nature and the characteristics of this event. Our text is in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us as though the day of Christ had come no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, we're studying uh, this uh, phrase here, the falling away. It's one Greek word apostasia, and it means to stand away from. It's also been translated as defection. Uh, what I what I want to do here today is approach this from the Hebrew side. So what you have up on the screen here is uh, the modern uh, Hebrew Bible. It's uh, their translation of Second Thessalonians 2, verse 3. And uh, in yellow is highlighted uh, the Hebrew word for falling away. Uh, falling away. And this is uh, the word marad. Marad. And uh, now in our text, in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, it's ha-marad. Ha-marad. And uh, the ha, as you know, means is a definite article. So it's the falling away. We're going to see, though, this word morad in Hebrew means rebellion or revolt. Uh, uh, we're, we're, going to, we're going to see that in a couple passage that, passages that we're going to look at, and I think they'll be very illuminating for us. Now, uh, so this idea of rebellion, rebellion. Um, the New Testament. Hamurad comes up in the Hebrew New Testament over in Mark chapter 15, verse 7, and that's uh, the chapter related to Pilate and how he releases a prisoner, and so the Jews have a choice. And uh, verse 6 says, Now at the feast he was accustomed to releasing one prisoner to them, whomever they requested. And there was one named Barabbas, who was changed with his fellow rebels, and they had committed murder in the rebellion. Some translations have the 
insurrection. And so, you know, uh, historically, this word for apostasia uh, has been used as um, for uh, political rebellion or religious rebellion, political defection. Um, and here, Barabbas was part of that, uh, and the other rebels was part of that insurrection. Now, let's go back to uh, the book of Numbers, and we see it back here. Uh, uh, this chapter here, I'm sure you're, you're very familiar with. This is, uh, and it's important if you think about Second Thessalonians 2. Um, we're at the point here where the spies are going into the promised land. They're about to enter the promised land. And you know that uh, ten of the spies give a, a, a bad report. They give a bad report. Caleb and Joshua, they, they stand up and they they give a good report. They're saying, hey, let's go in. And uh, so let me... Um, let me just read this, this, this section here. It's this beginning of verse 1. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? See, they want to go back. They're afraid of the giants in the land. And so they said to one another, look at this, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. And then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. They wanted to have one who would lead them back to depart. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. And here we go. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Unfortunately, all the congregation, verse 10, said to stone them with stones. And now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the meeting before all the children of Israel. So that is very instructive in many different ways about this issue of the departing and, and all that's going on in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Another section I want to jump over, and there are, there are many verses that we can look at in regards to this idea of rebellion. But uh, in Nehemiah, a wonderful chapter where they are, uh, they're not in the promised land, but they are, um, they are remember, or they're returning, excuse me, they have, they've come back and they're rebuilding and they're going to celebrate the feast. And, and one particular time here in chapter 9, we have the reading of the, the word of the Lord and a, a recap of much of the history of Israel, all the way back, verse 7 of chapter 9, you are the Lord God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and gave him the name Abraham. He found his heart, heart faithful before you and made a covenant with him to 
give the land of the Canaanites and the, the Hittites and the, all the, the, the land of Canaan. You were, you were giving it to him. Uh, he goes on, or they go on and say, you saw the affliction, verse 9, of our fathers in Egypt. You heard their cry by the Red Sea. And so we go through some of the events related to the Red Sea. Verse 13, you came down also on Mount Sinai. So after the Red Sea, and they go to Mount Sinai, it says, you came down on Mount Sinai and spoke with them from heaven and gave them just ordinances and true laws, good statutes and commandments. You made known to them your holy Sabbath, the commandments, uh, and commanded them precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of Moses, your servant. You gave them bread from heaven for their hunger and brought them water out of the rock for their thirst and told them to go into the, to possess the land which you had sworn to give them. But they and our fathers acted proudly, hardened their necks and did not heed your commands. They refused to obey and they were not mindful of your wonders that you did among them. But they hardened their necks and in their rebellion listen they appointed a leader to return to their bondage but you are god ready to pardon gracious and merciful slow to anger abundant in kindness and did not forsake them praise be for the lord for that goes on to talk about the golden calf verse 18 even when they made a molded calf for themselves and said this is your god that brought you up out of egypt and worked great provocations and the chapter uh, towards the end verse 26 is nevertheless they were disobedient and rebelled against you and cast your law behind their backs they killed your prophets who testified against them to turn them to yourself. And they worked great provocations. So they rebelled. That, this is our word here for, in the, in the Hebrew for falling away. Rebellion, the apostasia in Greek. Now reading this last verse here, Verse 26 reminds me, it says they killed the prophets who testified that they, they had a hardness of, of heart. They weren't listening. And you remember Jesus in, in Matthew as he, right before Matthew 24, Matthew 23, Jesus says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. Killing the prophets, stoning. Remember what happened back in Numbers. They picked up the stones to stone them. How often, listen to what Jesus says, how often I wanted to gather you, how, oh, excuse me, how often I wanted to gather your children together. There's that gathering the Lord's desiring to bring us in. As a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. You're not willing. It was a hardness of heart issue. And so the Lord goes on to say, See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more. To you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Our text is in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit 
or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, the word we've been studying is apostasia. It's uh, translated as the falling away, Strong's number 646 uh, in the Greek. Now, we, we said that this particular word uh, only appears twice in the New Testament, in our text here in Second Thessalonians 2, and also over in Acts chapter 21, verse 21. Now, here we have the modern Hebrew translation, and uh, again, we're going to approach this word from uh, the Hebrew side. Uh, we have a, a, this is our second study related to the Hebrew, because over here in Acts 21.21, we have a different Hebrew word than we had last time. Uh, you know, so the, our Hebrew word here for falling away is uh, highlighted there for you. And it is the word sor. And uh, in, in the Hebrew, uh, Strong's, it's uh, number 5493. And it means to take or to put away, to depart, uh, to remove, or to turn. And, and we'll see with this word, it, it does have an, uh, the idea of a, a, a spatial removal. It, 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 you'll see with some of the uh, words that we're going to take a look at uh, here. So let, let's read through some of the examples. Second Samuel chapter 2. Uh, this is where we have a situation where Asahel is chasing after Abner. And in verse 21, it says, And Abner said to him, Turn aside to your right hand or to your left and lay hold on one of the young men and take his armor for yourself. But Asahel would not turn aside from following him. So that's like a, a literal, he wouldn't turn aside. He was going forward uh, straight ahead. Uh, over in the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 14 says, and this is in the, the uh, a very positive use of the word, the law of the wise is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death, to turn one away. So again, to uh, to turn one away from that which would entrap the person. Now, here, this is a very, very interesting chapter. We have some New Testament uses. John chapter 6, it's going to come up in verse 67. I'm going to go back to verse 60. And you just have to listen to the instructive for us if we're going to understand Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and the falling away. Uh, verse 60, Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, Does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. 
The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by, the, by, by my Father. And from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Now, just want to mention that this is John chapter 6, verse 66. So, John chapter 6, verse 66 from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Interesting that that ended up in that verse. But then our verse, uh, verse 67. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have hear his voice. Do not Harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works forty years. Therefore I was angry with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, They shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. There's our word, in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hopefulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. And while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry, angry for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? And so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief and boy a lot that we've been studying in this mini study really comes together in that passage there um related to unbelief and the hardening of the heart and going back Egypt and and so ma many things that we've been looking at and and so the the key thing we see there there's there's an issue of hardness of heart the deceitfulness of sin and the issue of, of unbelief. We reached part four, which will be our final study in the Falling Away mini-study. Our text is Second Thessalonians 2, verses 1 to 4. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, 
who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Our word is apostasia. It's translated the falling away. Now, it's Strong's number uh, G646. And um, we have been studying it for three parts, both from the Greek and the Hebrew side. And uh, last time, uh, as we focused in on some of the Hebrew, we were led to this issue of the hardness of heart. And specifically, well, it did come out in a number of the, the verses, but we were specifically in Hebrews chapter 3. Now, um, that's going to lead us to our final study here, because and I've added a note here. The, the Greek word apostasia, um, and you'll see this on the bottom, it's uh, feminine of the same as G647. So they're in the same family of words. And uh, of course, the, the Greek words has a certain gender to them. So this is the feminine form, and again, this is a note in the Strong's, it's uh, a feminine form of the, the neuter, uh, which is apostasion, apostasion. So that's the neuter form, and it's G647. So you could see it's just one away. But I think you'll find it interesting as to what this word means. It means divorce, or the bill of divorcement the bill of divorce. So I'd like to look at some of the verses that are related to this because it'll add, I believe, another layer uh, for, you know, to help us in understanding what the falling away is all about. Um, we see here, it, it's used a number of times, but not a lot. So we're going we're gonna to cover a good chunk of them here. Deuteronomy 24, it appears in verses 1 and 3. Let me read verses 1, 2, 3. When a man takes a wife and marries her, and it happens that she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some uncleanness in her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce. There it is, divorce. And puts it in her hand and sends her out of his house. When she has departed from his house and goes and becomes another man's wife, if the latter husband detests her and writes her a certificate of divorce, puts it in her hand and sends her out of uh, of his house, or if the latter husband dies, who took her as his wife, verse 4 actually I meant to say, we read to, then the former husband who had divorced her must not take her back to be his wife after she had been defiled, for that is an abomination before the Lord. And you shall not bring sin on the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. So interesting. This is an abomination. This is an issue in the law. And our word for uh, apostasia is closely related to this word, which means divorce. Or the, you'll see it comes up often the bill of divorcement. Uh, the next verse we're going to take a look at here is, Isaiah 50, verse 1, thus says the Lord, where is the certificate of your mother's divorce, whom I have put away? Or which of my creditors is it to whom I have sold you? 
For your iniquities you have sold yourselves, and for your transgressions your mother has been put away. So again, you see that some common themes here. Now, we're going to pop over to the New Testament here in Matthew chapter 5. And, um, and of course, those last verses were in the Septuagint. It was the, we were looking at the Greek word um, in, in the, uh, the, the Greek translation of the Old Testament. But here we have it as Matthew 5.31. Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. So same idea. And then we have it once again over in Matthew chapter 19, verse 7. And they said to him, why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away, to put her away? So this is there's a, clearly an overlap with the other words that we studied, both in the Greek and the Hebrew. Now, to finish it out on the, the uh, New Testament side of this Greek word, let's take a look at Matthew chapter 10. And I'm going to read, uh, it appears in verse 4, but I'm going to start at the beginning and lead, read a little bit past there. But listen to a few things specifically related to the heart. Then he arose from there and came to the region of Judea by the other side of the Jordan. And multitudes gathered to him again. And as he was accustomed, he taught them again. And the Pharisees came and asked him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife, testing him? And he answered and said to them, Why did Moses command you? And they said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and to mis dismiss her. And Jesus answered and said to them, and by the way, verse 4 had our word there, certificate of divorce. Verse 5, Jesus answered and said to them, because of the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. And so we have it there. God, you know, well, I'll, I'll leave it just for the sake of time. That's a, a pretty important uh, chapter right there, linking a number of things that we have studied. And notice it was because of the hardness of heart that God allowed this certificate of divorce to be issued. Now, the last one we'll look at here is Jeremiah chapter 3. It appears in verse 8. I'm also going to start at the beginning of the chapter and read it. We won't really make much commentary, but again, just listen to the chapter. It offers a lot, uh, and it is parallel to our Second Thessalonians 2 chapter, and it'll teach us a lot. And they said, if a man divorces his wife and she goes from him and becomes another man's, may he return to her again? Would not that land be greatly polluted? And that's, of course, what we read in Deuteronomy 24. Um, but you have played the harlot with many lovers. Yet return to me, says the Lord. Lift up your eyes to the desolate heights and see. Where have you not lain with men? By the road you have sat for them. Like an Arabian in the wilderness, you have polluted the land. 
and with your harlotries and your wickedness. Therefore, the, the showers have been withheld, and there has been no latter rain. You've had a harlot's forehead. You refuse to be ashamed. Will you not from this time cry to me? My father, you are my guide of my youth. Will he remain angry forever? Will he keep uh, it to the end? Behold, you have spoken and done evil things as you were able. And the Lord said also to me in the days of Josiah the king, Have you seen what backsliding Israel has done? She has gone up on every high mountain and under every green tree, and there played the harlot. And I said, After she has done all these things, return to me. But she did not return, and her treacherous sister Judah saw it. And then I saw that for all the causes for which backsliding Israel had committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a certificate of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but went and played the harlot also. And so it came to pass, through her casual harlotry, that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and trees. And yet, for all this, her treacherous sister Judah has not turned to me with her whole heart, but in pretense, says the Lord. So obviously God is calling the backsliders, the rebellious ones, the ones who have broken covenant, the ones who have fallen away. He's calling them back. And he says that he has a way, you know, that he can have them back without polluting the land. And of course, this involves the wonderful gospel that we believe in. So, uh, this ends our mini-study on the falling away, and we will move on to uh, some other topics next, the man of sin, the son of perdition. <laughs> 